Support comes from Clipper Vacations, offering getaways on the Clipper Fast Ferry to Victoria, B.C. Clipper Ferry and hotel packages from $250 per person. Enjoy historic charm, afternoon tea, and more. Terms and conditions apply. Details and booking at clippervacations.com. This is Soundside. I'm Libby Denkman. In 2020, Saya Pham was on a road trip with her mother through Vancouver Island. And along that journey, she recorded this audio piece about her mother's passage across the ocean from Vietnam. Mama, can you tell me the story of your escape from Vietnam? It was shortly after the war. It was 1980. And my parents, who are your grandparents decided that they would go ahead and let me go first without them. You were eight years old. And we were in a small dark room. Bah, your mother was sewing gold in your shirt seams. Oh, your father was in shadows pushing freedom up by its shoulders. To give me a future is to take that risk and put me on that boat. So when the communists started building concentration camps out of sandcastles, you ran to ship, afloat in Saigon ashes, sang Vutbiansi songs in tropical storm, tossed boat and identity into same belly. Mama, how could you still love water after swallowing an ocean of trauma? I think when I was first on the boat and in the storm, the cold water at night flooding through the boat was terrifying. But there was a moment during the boat trip that I was able to come up to the surface and there I could see dolphins swimming. They say dolphins are lucky. So when currents pulled you far from home, refugee camp in Malaysia, you learned to swim between fault lines of seawater and soul, became courageous girl gazing at the horizon. The sea is beautiful in that when I was at camp, I would look out to the sea and knew that I wouldn't be stuck here forever. And it was hope because I knew that on the other side of the sea was where my parents were and that one day I would be able to see them again. Even when alone, sea cradled your hurt, you holding on to sea glass, Your laughter brushed ashore, swimming into sunset. You knew only this. Love survives. Just as the sea has storms and huge waves, but if we're able to harness that energy and ride like the wave riders, the surf riders, we can come safely to shore and enjoy that ride. So here, floating on salted waters, above shadows, in the places where freedom sails, I find my mother. Here, where sea meets shore, trauma and resilience converge. For Radioactive, this is Sarah Pham. That story originally aired about three years ago on KUOW's Radioactive. Radioactive Youth Media is a program here at KUOW that gives young people the skills and resources to do public radio journalism. For nearly 20 years, the program has seen countless young people come through its doors and tell rich narratives about their friends, parents, and daily life. And listeners occasionally want to know what happened to those radioactive alumni. So we're catching up with some of these young creators in a segment we call Radioactive Rewind. 
And since that segment first aired that you just heard three years ago, Saya Pham has become Seattle's Youth Poet Laureate. And she's looking at what's next as she graduates from college. And Saya is here with me now. Hey there. Thanks for being here. Thank you. It's amazing to be here. Folks listening will notice that you used the name Sarah when you signed off of that story. Three years later, you're going by Saya. Why the switch? It was a lot of things. For me, Sarah was the name that I grew up with. It was the name that my mom gave me. And Sarah was the name that gave me a shield going through the educational system because I didn't go to very diversified schools, and Sarah always made me feel like I fit in. But as I started writing more and delving deeper into who I was, I felt that the name Sarah no longer fit me, and I wanted to grow into a new name and a new shell that spoke more intimately to who I was. As soon as I started going by Sarah, it allowed me to say, this is who I am, this is how you pronounce my name. And it was really empowering for me. So folks uh, got a chance to hear your beautiful spoken word poetry and interview with your mom that was woven together there. Can you describe the piece? How did you mix field recordings, interview, and poetry? I didn't intend to do this particular mixture from the start. I think I was imagining just a typical back-and-forth interview. But because of the way that the story unfolded, I felt that there was no other way for me to articulate how I was feeling and how I felt about the story other than to do poetry. And so I think that's how the narrative side of it unfolded for me. I just started writing and it just came out a little bit more lyrically and I didn't know how to express it in any way but poetry. So I just continued down that road and I really liked how it sounded. And then the other part of it with the field recording was my mom and I were on a road trip at the time and we were just in a camper van and exploring the back roads. And one day we came on this beach and the waves were going and it was beautiful. And the story that my mom was telling was about Vietnam, which had a lot to do with water. And of course, the waves reminded me of her story. And because I was already so submerged in her words and her world, the waves became another element of world building for me that I knew immediately I had to just put on my headphones and take my microphone and go down to the ocean and just record those sounds because after that I think the story became even more alive to me in that sense. Hmm. How much of your mother's history did you know before this conversation on the road trip when you were recording and what was hearing it for this maybe the first time or hearing more detail about it like for you? It was definitely heavy. I had heard her story many times growing up, but never in this depth and never in this linearity. Growing up, I always knew that my mom had fled when she was my age or younger. So that was always something that I grew up with the awareness of. But it wasn't until I had to confront it directly and be able to synthesize her story and her words for myself that that was the moment. I realized how powerful her story was because it was no longer part of just our history, but it was part of this wider migration of people from Vietnam. And this was 
a story that I was a part of. It was a fabric that was bigger than just the two of us. That's why I felt like it was important to tell it in a personal way, but also in a way that related to the thousands of other people who have also gone through this kind of trauma. Hmm. Let's talk about what your life has been like since the radioactive program. You published this story in 2020. It's been years now, and you're back here. Actually, the first time that you've been at the KUOW studios officially because your class of radioactive had to do everything remotely. So we're so happy that you've uh, arrived here and, and you're joining us today with your you know, headphones and your mic in front of you and you're in, in the studio with us. What has your life been like over the years? You've gone through a lot of change. What's What's been going on? I recorded the radioactive story right after I graduated high school. I went to college, and actually in my first quarter at college, I took this class where for our final exam, we could write about anything. And there were no stylistic constraints, no grammar constraints, no formatting constraints. So I wrote a poem for my final exam, and then I just kept writing and I became Seattle's Youth Poet Laureate this past year, and I wrote a book. And now I'm about to graduate from college three years later. Yeah, no big deal. (laughs) Seattle's Youth Poet Laureate, you wrote a book and you were about to graduate from uh, undergrad. Let's talk about that book. Your new book of poems is called Love Like. What are you exploring in this book? I'm really glad you phrased your question that way because this book is an exploration I had a really hard time with it at first because I didn't have any answers in the book. I wasn't explaining anything. I didn't have any research findings. Obviously, it's not a research book. You weren't trying to present like a big conclusion about life, anything like that. Exactly. That's not where you are right now. Exactly. Yeah. It's a very explorative phase. I had a lot of questions and I was trying to move through them for myself. And so the book is, it started with love and I think it continued with love, even though there was a lot of pain etched throughout the book historically and in my life and things that I was grappling with. But I wanted to stick with the concept of love because of how powerful it is. It was so present from the very beginnings of my family history with my mom's resilience and how everything she did was through love to today, where everything that I do and the way I try to show up in the world is with love. And the reason why love was so important for me to and cover is because of how grand and nonspecific it is, especially how often we use it in modern language without thoughtfulness or necessarily the full understanding of what it is. And so by diving into it a little bit more, I was able to define for myself, what is love? How do I want to be loved? How do I want to show love? And as cheesy as it is, I was able to learn a little bit more about what love meant to me. Mm. So what's next for you, Saya? You're graduating from college this spring. What does the future hold for you? That is a really good question, and it's one I've been waking up to every single day. (laughs) I have no idea. 
I used to think that I had everything figured out. I thought I'd go to high school, and then I'd go to college, and then I'd go to law school, and then I'd work for like 50 years, and then I'd die, you know. (laughs) But I have been thinking a little bit more about how I want to incorporate art into my life, and so things have been shifting a little bit for me. I think law school is still in the cards. It's just a matter of when. Because I decided to graduate a little bit earlier than I intended to, it's made me feel a little bit more lost. I'm kind of throwing myself into the deep end. In high school and even college and just in the educational system, we have bright lines drawn for us and clear expectations. And it was a luxury I took for granted. Those bright lines start to sort of blur, right? Exactly. And then they disappear. And there are no more lines. You can really... It's so open-ended, and it, and that can be tough. Exactly. And then it's really up to me to decide my own future and what I want to do with the history I've been given. It's really nerve-wracking, but it's also something I'm excited about. And you have a selection from your book, Love Like, that you have brought to read for us. What are you going to uh, present? I have a poem from my book. It's called Love Descends. Love descends like a promise, composed over generations, sung over sanctuaries of our cries. A cacophony of cradled breaths bloomed by the ocean side. For all you must do for love to descend is hold on to your history, because you should know. This is how we moved through the years. Our hearts merged to minutes as love's descendants. We chartered sailed breath and tugged blessings loitered lullabies as artifice of anchors to ground us to ourselves, made brief a lifeline, drifting free of faults. And you should know, nothing, save for everything, can hurt me, cause I'm descended from my mother and my mother's mother, women who have endured and waited worse. And here's the harbor, A knife balanced precariously over the kitchen sink, like a metaphor, waiting to skin open the surface of our stories, like fruit, slicing forgiveness for freedom, until you see that I am my mother's daughter. We are a lineage of daughters surviving someone who loves us, belong to a legacy of love forged through centuries' tides, wound up by ocean's graces, Because we're scrapped daughters, we're made of fissured love, we're made whole. That was Seattle Youth Poet Laureate and Radioactive alumni, Saya Pham. She's reading from her book Love Like on Tuesday, June 13th at Third Place Books, Seward Park. Thanks for listening to SoundSide. By the way, this show is only possible because listeners support us. If you are able to give right now, check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday or anytime online at KUOW.org. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.